Uh, is it okay if I share uh, something personal with you guys? Is it okay? <clears throat> um, so this is uh, a quick recap of uh, the sermon that I preached a couple weeks ago, but it, it's, I was telling, I think it was Derek and I were talking earlier. This really is my anthem, right? This really is. I've been in ministry, my wife and I have been, uh, for nearly 20 years. And in that period of time, and even before I met my wife, uh, there would be moments. You ever just have a moment with the Lord that you just kind of see a glimpse, like he's good to open the window into your future, and you can just kind of, you can kind of see in a little bit. And you have this, um, let's call it a dream or aspiration of something that you would want to accomplish in the faith, or there was just something out in the future that you really want to you know, work towards or have. Let me tell you a couple of mine. This is mine. It ain't yours. It's mine. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I was a, a worship pastor. And um, see, I grew up at a different time. You know, you know I, I don't have long hair or cute beards and none of that stuff. I wouldn't work today. But 20 years ago, it was a real mess. We did some Fred Hammond, Kurt Carr, Richard Smallwood. Bro, we would go in, right? Everybody say, bless, bless. Okay. All right. That's good. That's great. I said, y'all need to go to a black church one Sunday. It will change your life. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so I had, I remember this very clearly in, I was, I could tell you even the road I was on. I was on Gray Highway heading into Macon from Gray, Georgia. And I can remember it just as clear. It's such a vivid memory to me. And again, it's, it's more than just an idea I had, y'all. It was like, it was a spiritual moment and I could see myself in front of a choir and I could see myself leading worship and, and it was just a powerful moment. And so powerful in fact that it created an emotion. I began to cry and I thought, oh my God, I want that so bad. I, I would love to. And it was so wonderful that the Lord just allowed me to live in that moment. And I had the feelings that were kind of connected to that moment. Have you ever had a vision for your life at all? Have you ever just had a moment like that? that? Well, that's mine. I'm telling you one of mine. I would love to hear some of y'all's, but that, that's one of mine. And a few weeks ago, and just to give you the, the bad news, I've never been in front of a choir like that. As a matter of fact, the only church that we had that we could have pulled a choir off like that, um, it just never worked out and we never did. And I'm 41 now and choirs aren't in style, but I got faith because if they're bringing bell bottoms back, baby, we're going to have choirs back. Come on. Right. So a few weeks ago, Heather and I, my wife and I were in, uh, we were doing a conference in, in Georgia, in uh, middle Georgia. Heather had already gone on and she was doing her last session of that morning. And I, lay, I stayed back at the Airbnb and I was just getting dressed. I wasn't doing anything spiritual. I wasn't praying. I wouldn't like, you know, calling heaven down. I was just getting dressed. And as we do, and it's really, you got to pay attention to your thoughts. Because it's really easy to get trapped in a negative thought and you'll have taken that whole journey down a negative line of thinking and then all of a sudden you just snap out, and my, oh my word, because as a man thinks, I'm preaching, y'all don't even know it, I'm, I'm in it right now. As you think, your thoughts will manifest, right? And I was just having this old negative thought, and this is what I was thinking about. I was thinking about my choir. I was thinking about other things that I have not seen yet in my life. And then something happened. I began to make excuses for why it hadn't happened yet. Hey, can anybody else identify with that? We are really good at making excuses. 
Oh, we're even better at blaming others. Oh, that don't no. Y'all don't y'all don't want this. Y'all don't want this today. Oh. And I was just having this moment of like, and, and I didn't mean to go negative, but I went negative. Like it's just not gonna happen. It's just, and all of a sudden, y'all, it was like the Lord spoke to me, and it was so powerful what he said to me that when I made it to the church, I tried to tell Heather what he said, and I just started crying. I said, I'm gonna have to tell you later. That's how powerful it was. Let me tell you what he shared with me. I was thinking about those things, and I was like, that's well, it's just never going to happen. And the Lord spoke to me, and this is what he said. It's not that it's never going to happen. It's just that it hasn't happened yet. Oh, my God, y'all. Can I just say that one more time? It, it's not that it's never going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. Now, you may not get excited about that. But for me, I had that moment in such high esteem in my life. And for a long time, I worked to create a place that could sustain the vision that God had put on the inside of me. And when it all fell apart, I kind of buried all of that with the disappointment and everything else. Are you with me now? And when the Lord spoke to me and said, it's not that it hadn't happened. It's just it ain't happened yet. All of a sudden, I begin to get excited again because those things that are not, he's telling me that they are going to be. Man, it just created, I had a whole moment. And then the Lord was so good to lead me to a scripture. And this is what this crazy girl tattooed on herself. This is wild. Um, and just so you know, Pastor Mark and I have started our own business now. We will be doing tattoos after service. <laughs> Right? It's $1,000 a letter, so you better mean it. <laughs> this is the scripture, and, and y'all, this is where the Lord led me. And maybe this will resonate in your heart. I, everybody loves a deal, right? Everybody loves things on sale. Well, today y'all getting two for one. I'm preaching two sermons today, so y'all pray fast, I'll preach fast. John 11, this is where the Lord took me. John 11, now a certain man was ill. Lazarus, you already know what's going to happen. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister. It was Mary who anointed the Lord uh, with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, listen to what they said. They described Lazarus as this, the one you love. That, what does that say? Boy, that is deep relationship. I like a lot of people. Hmm. I like, I like folks, but I love a few. And that... If somebody tells you they love you, they don't love you. Well, you got to prove that thing. You ain't going to laugh at nothing. That's the truth. That is real. Like that's, that's a decision. Love is the Lord, the one that you love. That speaks to a deep relationship. That is not, I see you at church on Sunday and we greet each other and y'all go to the same church, don't even know each other's name. That's not love. I love you, brother. I love you too. No. Jesus spent time there. This is a place that he would go and rest. He spent time with his family. This was deep, meaningful relationship. And, and he got sick. The sisters sent word because they knew him. They knew him to be Jesus. They, they had heard the stories of water into wine. They've heard the stories Jesus stopped a funeral procession and straight resurrected people, messed the whole funeral up. They did the whole thing. Are you with me? Right. So they knew him and they sent for him. And I'm going to I'm going to skip on down just a little bit further on in the story for time's sake. Jesus waits. 
said that? Who said it? You're not preaching today. You stop that. She said, I'm just helping. That's the truth. I hate that. Anybody else hate that? Somebody told me once, teacher is always quiet during the test. And here's, here's the thing. None of us in this room love to do what I'm about to tell you that they were doing. They suffered. They, they just suffered. And they suffered and they mourned. And you got to know they were disappointed. Because Jesus is, they know him. They know him. I mean, this is like, a, this is like I call president, I like, you know, I, uh, well, I, I'm scared to say it. If you would call the president, that would be a great thing if you could get his phone number, right? Because that's a dude that can make some things happen. That's a man in authority, right? They knew him. And they reached out to him, and he didn't pick up the phone. And y'all, I'm, I'm about to give you some things that the Lord spoke to me this morning, I believe concerning this place, this house, you guys, you sitting in this room. As they were singing this song about, you know, his names, you know, Prince of Peace, all these things, they knew him, and they called for him, and Jesus waited, and Lazarus died. And Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they all suffered. Are you familiar with suffering? Are you familiar with managing disappointment? Are you familiar with asking the Lord to do something and you get crickets? Are you familiar with praying and say, Lord, I believe this thing here and I just know that you're going to fix it. And we spend our time giving CPR to Lazarus when really the real plan of the Lord is that thing has to die so that he can come in and do what he wants to do. And you and I, we will sit here and say, oh, the enemy is fighting me when really the Lord is trying to create a place for that thing to die. So you got to discern the tension that you're feeling. You've got to discern it. But when you're so committed and you're so wrapped up, it's hard to let something that you love and you care about pass. Bro, you ever had a career for a long time and that's what people knew you as and all of a sudden that thing dries up and now your identity is gone? I, um, well, I have resigned as pastor of a church before. And in my resignation, I was no longer a senior pastor and y'all, you can talk to my wife. Did I have like a crisis of identity? I had no idea who I was because I was always pastor. And I was walking around there. It's like, who are you? I don't know who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Have you ever had something that you worked for just fall apart? Y'all, I'm just telling you right now, there may be a couple of you in this room that is really feeling this thing. And I just want to tell you right now, the Lord sent me here for you. You are, you are in the right place this morning. And have you suffered through that moment and having everything die? God. And when Jesus shows up, Martha runs out to him and she says, and I don't care, I don't care how you hear it, right? Because when we read this, I just, I like my Martha with a little attitude. So I can hear her saying to the Lord, had you only been here, I can see that I can... I can see it, right? She was just, I can see it, but I can see it broken. I can see it, 
I can see it all kind of ways. So no matter how you hear her or in your minds, I see her say, Lord, had you only been here, my brother would not be dead. I don't care how you hear that. That is a perfectly human response. That's just, I'm disappointed, right? But this crazy woman starts doing something incredible in the very next breath. She says, but even now, I believe, I know that whatever you ask from the Lord, he will give you. What she was not doing was asking Jesus to resurrect her brother. That is not what she was doing. She was saying, I know who you are. And even though it didn't work out for me, I still believe that you are who you are. And there are some folks, I'm not saying you were in here, but there's some Christians that would get so disappointed, they bail on church, they start living way below what God has called them to do because they are disappointed. But Martha is disappointed, but she is still confessing faith. Family, let me help you. Oh my God, we got to read this. She said, but even now, and did you do it? But even now, and there's some of y'all got to get a but even now in your heart and start circling some things and start calling out an even now faith that I know it may look different and I'm disappointed, but I believe even now God is still able to do what man says is impossible. I still believe. And even though I may be disappointed, dadgummit, I still have faith. Can I say dadgummit? It came out before... Listen to what Jesus says here. Jesus, he, he's about to say the most boss man thing of all time. But even now, she says, I know, whatever. She says this whole thing. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And she is just, she is just still confessing faith. She's like, Lord, I know. Listen to what she says. I know he will rise again at the resurrection on the last day. And this is where this morning the Lord spoke to me about something for y'all. And it completely just turned me all upside down back there. This was not in my notes. This is all free. They knew him. They knew him. And he said, your brother's going to rise again. She said, Lord, I know he will on that last day. And then he steps in and says, but I am the resurrection. No, 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 no. But they knew him already. Oh my Lord. What the Lord spoke to me this morning is he's about to reintroduce himself to you as something that you have never seen before. You may have heard about it for somebody else. Do you know why Mary and Martha were calling for him to get there? Because they had seen him move on other people. And they said, if he can just show up here, he can move for us. There had been others that had been resurrection. And you can see other people get their miracle, get their deliverance, and you can believe that he's got power to do it for them. But when it comes to your house, I can tell you right now, he He's about ready to introduce himself to you and yours as something brand new. But they knew him, but yet they didn't recognize that he was the resurrection. What is it in your life 
that God is about to step into and he's about to call some things that are dead to live again. He's about to step into your life and tell you that the faith that you've been confessing is paying off. You've been faithful. You may have been disappointed, but you are still faithful and he's about to show up on the scene and there's going to be things that are dead come back to life. But there is tension in this moment. Can I tell you what the tension is? Man, I've got so much to say. I don't have no time for this. <laughs> Are y'all all right with me this morning? Is this, is, this, is this marinating well in your spirit? I'm telling y'all, y'all going to be the most faith-filled people. When y'all leave this room today, y'all just going to be slapping the devil and saying, I wish I would fool with me. <laughs> Jesus walks up to the tomb, and we know the story. Don't you know the story? If you don't know it, you're about to have your mind blown. He tells them, roll, roll, the, roll the stone away. Move it. And Martha, again, is supposed to know him. Intimate. I'm, I'm talking like they, they spent so much time together. Close, close, close. And she's still like, Lord, you can't do that. He's been in there four days. My brother has cooked and he is rotten. That's not an exact quote. <laughs> but... That's what she was. She was from Georgia. That's what she just said. That ain't a good idea, Jesus. It's hot in there right now. He's, mm, he's, he's turned into something else. A little worm garden. I'm kidding. Okay, here we go. I'm, I'm, ah, oh, you sensitive people. Okay, come on, listen. She said, Lord, it's, it's smelly. You don't, wanna, you don't want to deal with what's behind here. Lord, Lord, what's behind here is one of my greatest disappointments. Please don't take me back to that place. Oh, this is different. This is for you. Oh, my God, who am I talking to this morning? Lord, I don't, it's too painful for me to revisit it one more time. I had so much faith and I was disappointed. I don't want to go through that kind of hurt again. Who are you in this room? You are in here today. And Jesus has a beautiful human moment. Jesus just cries. And, and y'all, you can think there's nobody knows what I'm going through. But I tell you right now, he knows exactly where you are. And more than that, he knows where you buried it. Oh. You think he didn't know where he was? He knew where he was. But he says, show me. You hearing what I'm telling you? You think he didn't know where Lazarus was buried? He knew where, where it was. But he says, show me where he is. Take me right to it. Oh, God. Take me right to it. And they moved it away. And then the crazy thing happens. What's your name right here, my guy? What's your name? Say it again. What? <laughs> Did you just tell me your name's Elevens? Bro, I, I would pick the one name that I can't even hear right. You know what I'm saying? Your name is Sam. This is Sam. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm told, I don't want to disrespect you at all. I love you, my heart. My brother, this is what happened. Jesus looked into that tomb. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And all of a sudden, this brother who's dead 
comes bouncing out of this tomb with, and the Bible describes it with his face cloth still on, and he is still bound. Can you see, it's not an exact picture, but can you go in your mind with me of a mummy? Just kind of, can you see that? Are y'all there with me? He's alive, but he really can't live because he's still. Here's, here's the tension in the story. We want the Lazarus that went in the tomb to be the same one that comes out of the tomb. And we're, we're looking for the exact same thing. But that thing that, we, that exact thing that went in there is never going to be the exact same that comes right out. And I don't know who that's for, but bro, listen, you're looking for a, a duplicate copy. But let me tell you, that's not what you're going to get. The Lord gives two instructions here. He says, unbind him, step one. And step two is let him go. Unbind him and let him go. There are things in our life family that the Lord is going to resurrect and if you are careful, you will not even recognize the miracle that's been resurrected because you're looking for the old Lazarus and the new one is standing right there. But he's covered up in something. And can I tell you why it takes you time and work and effort and energy to work on this thing? It's because there's something about your faith that's connected to that miracle that the more you unbind, the more your faith is growing. Lord, I see you do it. And now I put my hands to it. And now my faith is activated because and the more you unbind, the more you can recognize, yes, this is the thing that I prayed for. Let me help you with something real quick. Am I preaching all right? I'm all amped up on Mountain Dew. I'm like Ricky Bobby. Here we go. Woo! I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Fired up. My wife and I, this is just, a, can I share something personal with you? My wife and I had a business, like right when we got married, we had a business. And, and I, I grew up in the time, I'm, I'm 41, I'm not old, don't you dare say I'm old, Sam. Um, I'm so sorry, I'm taking you to lunch today. Um, <laughs> but I was on food stamps when food stamps was in the coupon book. Don't act, don't act like you don't know. They some dirt roads in Douglasville. <laughs> or they used to be. In the coupon book. If you've ever pulled the coupon book out, just wave at me. I need to know where my people at. Thank you. Oh, thank you, y'all brave stuff. My dear, oh, come on. Listen, you was on food stamps. These new food stamps today, EBT, get out of my face. You weren't on food stamps. You went, no, get out of my face. If you wanted that milk, baby, you had to tear that coupon out, slap it on the counter. Everybody knew you was poor. You can hide it today. Drive it. Never mind. Don't even start. God, leave. See how quick. Lord Jesus. Who steps in your kid's name? Let me just stop. I grew up like that, and I remember thinking to myself, whenever I get older, I'm not going to be poor. I just refuse that, right? And I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Well, uh, that was funny, because um, <laughs> we uh, were very poor. Matter of fact, we were on the new food stamps for a minute. And um, I always told my mom, I said, I am going to take care of you. I always told her that. 
So I'm going to take care of you. you whenever you get older, you're not going to worry about nothing. Anybody said anything like that ever? In the same vein, maybe not exact words, but in the same heart, right? I'm, I'm not going to relive what my parents lived. That's what I'm saying. Okay, y'all, are y'all with me now? I'm not going to do that. And early in our marriage, we started a business. We started making some money. You remember that? Man, that was nice. And, and somebody say 24 hours. In 24 hours, that whole thing that we had built fell apart and got flushed down the toilet. In 24 hours. Have you ever experienced something that was so sudden and you felt like it was so stable that in a blink of an eye, it just changed and your whole dynamic in your life just shifted? And we went from making some money to living, and I'm not even kidding you, living in a uh, garage, I said garage apartment. Do you know what that is? A garage apartment? It, there's space up in the garage. And the, you ain't never been up there, so you don't know this. But there's like a little A-frame situation up there. And they put some decking down and they put some stuff up. And then the, there's no kitchen. It's just a white table and a microwave for the ramen noodles. Don't you dare turn your nose up some ramen noodles now. We'll get down on that ramen chicken. Shoot. And some spam. And some English peas. We've got to have some green. <laughs> Go get you some English peas, put some butter in that, and enjoy your life. <laughs> Thank you. And y'all, that's where we lived, on $300 a week. And we were poor. And all of a sudden, and we were doing full-time ministry. And you know what I saw? I saw us reliving what my parents lived, because they were full-time ministry. And I just thought, here we go. This is going to be the same thing for me. Are y'all Okay. That thing that we had worked for, it died. And y'all, we tried to resuscitate it. Didn't we, baby? Oh, we fought that thing. Four and a half years ago, something special happened in our life. We, we, we started our own business four and a half years ago. It came in the worst season of our life. I was... <laughs> I, I, y'all want to hear some more sad stories? <laughs> We were pastoring a church in Chicago. I'm not even making this up. This sounds like a, a funny movie just to ruin a pastor's life. But our youth pastor, I'm not even kidding you. Our youth pastor was arrested. Somebody say arrested. Yeah, I'm not talking about he got a speeding ticket. I mean, the police waited on him to go to work and they pulled that fool over and they handcuffed him and took him to jail for using Snapchat with four girls in our youth group that ranged from 12 years old to 17 years old. Who wants to take me to lunch today? Thank you very much. Yeah. And in Chicago, it's a very Catholic city. So whenever someone as a pastor, priest, has an inappropriate relationship with little ones, guess what happens? The news gets Oh, my God. We had every, the Spanish channel, we had all of them. They were all out there, and guess who they wanted to talk to? I was like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> I wanted to kill this dude. I wanted to kill him dead. I wanted to bury his body and just, you know, like the gangster movies when they put them in a vat of acid and they just disappear. I was like, why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? See, I got questions. I'm really saved sometimes, but boy, on that day, I was, I was ready. I was ready to just painfully kill this joker. <laughs> 
And the wake of devastation after that moment, y'all, was just, can you just imagine with me how that feels, right? Are y'all, are y'all there? And I know it's familiar because some of y'all have lived through that, and you're in here. That disappointment is just, it's like a sickness. It hurts deep. You can't get a real deep breath because the disappointment is heavy. You, you feel that. Oh, God, I got to hurry. And I was sitting on the back deck of my house, and Heather came out, and I told her, I said, baby, this is what it feels like when your dream dies. And this is what we resolved. We're just going to stay here at this small church. We're just going to pastor forever. I'm going to live in this house, and this is just what we're going to do. And four and a half years ago, we decided to take a leap of faith, and we started our own business. And here's something I want to tell you. It, can, can I say the word sexy from the pulpit? I don't know if that's okay. It, I, it, the, what we started, it wasn't, it, it wasn't sexy enough for me. I wanted something else. Didn't I, baby? Okay, maybe that's the wrong one to ask because she was in from the day one. <laughs> but I was a little late to the game, right? See, what happened was we buried something. And when it got resurrected, it didn't look like what I thought it should And, and so, you ever been in a conversation with somebody that you really wasn't interested in talking to and you're steady looking for somebody else to please come save me from this bad-smelling breath rascal? I don't want to be talking to him anyway. That, that's how I treated that business opportunity for the first several months. Don't say anything else. My wife's telling on me. And I said, I was like, I kept looking around it because I didn't even recognize the miracle when it showed up. And y'all, whenever Lazarus came out, it had to be unbound. There was work that had to be put into it. And in this day and age, we don't know how to suffer and we don't know how to work. Because if we're uncomfortable here, oh, they're just not our, they got a bad vibe. I'm just going to go where somebody's vibing with me. I don't know what that is. Y'all need to quit vibing and start working hard. I don't care what your vibe says, what your paychecks say, go get a job. Do something. My God, I'm going to run for president. Help me. <laughs> right? We don't want to work, and, and, and we don't want to put the time in, but he had to be unbound. And, and there is an activation of faith. One, it's wisdom whenever you can look at the miracle and recognize it for what it is. It takes faith to believe for resurrection. But when the resurrection comes, you've got enough wisdom to see it for what it is. And you've got to go to work on it. You have to go to work on it. Let me say it over here. You have to go to work on it. You have to work because Jesus is not the fairy godmother. He does not come down and sprinkle fairy dust on you and you just become exactly who it is he called you to be. It takes work to create the vision that he's put on the inside of you. It takes work for four and a half years. That woman has worked every day. She has given, she has worked hard. And because of that work, this is what I found out, that miracles aren't free. It takes some work somewhere. The work may be nothing but massive faith, but that faith takes work. It takes faith to guard your, your thoughts and your mind. It takes faith in all of those things. Said, let unbind him and then let it go. 
Let him go. Let him go. And family, here's the truth for us today. This is what I believe so strong for you. The Lord is about to introduce himself to you in a way that you've never known him. Now, you may have known it for somebody else. My dear sister, I can't even stop. I, I don't even know your name, but I'm here. this is you right here. This is you. I'm telling you right now, he's about to show up in your life. <sighs> he's about to show up in your life. And you. this is going to be your testimony. I knew you were for them, but I didn't know you would be for me. Oh, my God. Let me help you with something right here. Miss Heather, will you wave, please? Just wave. That's my beautiful wife. Yes, I did that. Thank you. <laughs> Can I just testify for the last eight minutes, right? Because I'm about to, this is my anthem. This is my life right here. What was dead, God resurrected. My wife started having incredibly difficult pains about six years ago. Her vision started to fade. She had incredible pain in her head, and it was just a terrible physical ailment that she went through. And one of these days, she needs to come up here and preach it and pray for everybody. Y'all going to be falling in the floor. It's going to be a whole mess up here. But she, this is what happened. We took her to doctor after doctor after doctor. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with her. Her vision continually get, got worse and it was just a whole mess one day we were at service and <clears throat> she basically started having a stroke her body drew up her face dropped it was a whole thing the ambulance took her they almost lost her in the ambulance we get her to the hospital I only got eight minutes that's why I'm talking fast we got her to the hospital and and they said uh, Chris when was her next appointment I said it was uh, like Monday afternoon and he said she would have never made it to Monday afternoon now, my wife is blind. She can't see. And she's hurting. And I'm mad. And there was a doctor. Do y'all remember the show? Y'all have to Google this. I'm sorry, boys. Um, <laughs> what was it? Dr. Quinn and the medicine woman. Do y'all remember that brother with the brown, the doctor with the, uh, the little brown bag with a stethoscope sticking out? Google it. The stethoscope. <laughs> hey, listen to me. <laughs> This old brother, he looked like he was about to retire. He was old now. He was ready. Is it sinking in? He was seasoned. However you like it. And this brother walked in there. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Guess what his name was? I'm not making this up. His name was Dr. Hope. What? He walks in and he spends a few minutes looking at my wife's eye, about 20 minutes. He's looking in there and he said, there's two things that's going on. One, she's either had a brain, uh, a brain bleed, like an aneurysm or whatever, or there was something else. I can't remember. It's bad. None of it's good. She's going to have to have brain surgery. Her whole life is going to change. And oh, by the way, she's never going to see again because her optic discs are so destroyed that, that even with surgery, they can't be repaired. She's just going to be blind. You need to get a C&I dog because this is just how it's going to be. I knew him to be a healer. I heard that he was a healer. Oh man, I heard that he healed, and I've seen him heal others. But it just hits different when it comes to your house. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, listen, I can disagree with people about doctrine and stuff all day. I can get sideways with people about how church should be conducted. That is fine. But you can't tell me that he don't heal. 
You can't, oh, you come way too late to convince me that miraculous things don't happen because there she sits and there she sees. She can see better than me and you. And let me tell you the greatest thing. Woo! Let me tell you the greatest thing. Her eyes were so destroyed. We had pictures of them from a neuro-ophthalmologist. I got that whole thing right out, didn't I? Neuro-ophthalmologist. And we had pictures of her eyes just completely destroyed. We moved to Chicago. We go to um, uh, a beautiful hospital, Rush Hospital there in Chicago, world-renowned hospital. Dr. Sweka, I'll never forget this beautiful Polish lady, came in there, and she took pictures of her eyes. And she walked in, and she said, do you have the pictures from Georgia? Yes, put them up. And then she put the other ones up. And she said, she stepped back, and she said, well, there's a problem with this. I was like, well, yeah, she can't see She's like, no, you don't understand. She said, this eye over here is so destroyed. And she started pointing it out. And she said, but this eye here, God, I get goosebumps. She said, there's nothing wrong with this eye. She said, these are the pictures that we took of her today. She said, her eyes are completely fine. She's got, she'll never need surgery. We didn't ever get a seeing eye dog. We never did any of that, y'all. Now listen, did it happen instantaneously? I wish I could tell you it did. And bro, I hated people when they come to church and they got delivered from all kind of stuff. I hated them people. I just hated them. Like why, why, I got stuff I need to get delivered from, deliver me. Or you know what I'm saying? Oh, y'all too good for me, I see. That's right, okay. I'm just telling you my heart, baby. When they come up front and they got delivered, I'm, It was a process of faith. We had to go to work every day on unbinding what the Lord had resurrected. We, we had to go to work every day on putting our hands to the miracle and making the miracle where it could go. When, when you leave here today, here's the things that I would hope for you. One, that you would have faith for dead things to come to life. Visions, dreams, relationships, marriages, businesses coming back stronger than ever. New, new, new businesses just, are you with me? The faith that things that you've seen would come back to life. And then the wisdom to see it when it is resurrected. And not to look for something better, not to, but have the wisdom to see what is standing right in front of you. Don't be like me. It took me months to figure it out. Okay, I admitted it. It took me months to figure it out. But I figured it out. Now I drive her everywhere. I have a sugar mama. Did you hear what I just said? I have the most rarest of all things in the world. I'm 41 and unemployed. <laughs> Pastor Mark, it takes wisdom to see what the Lord has resurrected. And then it takes endurance to unbind it. See, you can't get frustrated with the miracle. Don't get frustrated. Some of us have already grieved and we've asked the Lord for resurrection and it's standing in front of us and we're steady arguing with God about it. It don't look like I wanted it to. Unbind it, see what's under there. And then, 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 uh, See who you become as you unbind it. Yes. 
It takes faith to believe for dead things to come to life. It takes wisdom to see dead things for what they are. And then all of a sudden, it takes endurance to walk that thing out. And, and, and this is what I want to just say to you this morning. I bless you with faith. I pray your faith would increase. And this is what I see in my spirit. It's like a, when you're starting a fire, you just have to blow on it. But, buddy, when it catches, it just, it, and I, and I pray that those things that have been in your life that you've been so disappointed over, I know it sounds dumb, but I'm dumb. Just blow on it. Just, just feed life to it. Just, just feed life, speak life to it. People are going to think you're crazy. You're out there rubbing sticks together in the, in the spiritual world. What are you doing, bro? You're not going to start a fire. I'm going to start a fire. I just, I believe I am. I just believe, just keep breathing life into that thing. Don't, don't get caught up on what you see because you're not believing for what you're seeing. You are believing for what you want to see. So keep speaking life into that thing. It takes faith to believe for it. It takes wisdom to see it. And, and I pray for wisdom for you. Man, I pray for wisdom in partnerships. I pray for wisdom in relationships. I pray wisdom over your life for the right decisions, for calm to come. I mean, I just pray for wisdom. But then, man, I bless you with endurance. You know, I started something very recently that I'm pretty proud of. I started lifting weights, and I didn't realize how much you suffer when you... <laughs> oh, I see y'all suffer some. I never realized it. I didn't... I, I knew the day of you'd suffer, but nobody told me about your muscles not working the next day. I missed that whole class. I couldn't even wipe my nose. <laughs> but what happens when you build muscle, the way it builds, it has to be completely broken down. Do you know how they get the, the oil from the thing? What's it called? The olive? Do you know how they get it? Somebody said, squish it. <laughs> who, who said that? <laughs> I believe it was Pastor Martin that told me this, and I got to be done. It's so, the, the most purest oil comes from the very first pressure. But there is oil that comes in the crushing. And too many times we resist the pressure and that's when the purists can come out, when we just, like, Lord, as soon as you say it, I'm in it. But some of us got to get crushed down before it comes out. Right. So I just bless you with endurance to be beautifully broken before the Lord because God is not a man that he should lie. And there's another scripture that says that he is not slack concerning his promises as some consider slackness. He ain't short with his cash. My man's got it stacks on stacks on stacks. Will you just stand and let me pray for you real quick?